We're back. Double cover, double cover, double cover. Mama, we made it. The network picked us up. Well, we're like established. We, we need the signs that says like clap, cheer, laugh. J-Mac here, D-Mac to the right. Welcome to double coverage. Mama, we made it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of double coverage with the McCordy twins. I'm J-Mac. D-Mac is to the side of me. He is back and cold and snowy New England Foxborough area. It's not snowing. Still... It's not snowing. It's actually nice out here. We we got to 50 We're degrees defined. one day, 40-something degrees. It's not brick cold, as they say back where I'm from in New York. It's not brick outside. So we're good over it's, here. Uh, it's partly cloudy, 72, and it was a high of 82 uh, degrees today. So I guess depending upon how you define, it was beautiful Sounds today. boring. Boring. Yeah, yeah. As you guys know, you can catch us on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. All you have to do is search Double Coverage with the McCordy Twins. And as always, you can find us on social media at McCordy Twins. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and that's it. No TikTok, no Snapchat. Uh, <laughs> we're too old for that stuff. But uh, you can find us right here. Before we get into the show, man, uh, just want to kind of uh, send condolences to Demarius Thomas's family and just... Kind of remember DT for uh, for a second before we get into the show. Uh, Devin and myself got a chance to spend training camp uh, with Demarius, uh, with the Patriots. And you talk about just a great dude, a seasoned vet. Uh, he came in a year after me, same year as Dev. And this was a guy that talked to everybody in the locker room, especially the young guys, of just trying to explain to them, you know, how he had got, at that point he was 10 years in, how he had got to that point, what it takes. And just a special human being. So... Uh, very sad by the news that hit. And I think for me, it hit different when you start to see guys that, you know, right around your era, you know, earlier in the year, we, we lost Vincent Jackson, a guy we both have played against. Now losing a guy like DT, man, it's just heartbreaking. And I know so many people loved him. He impacted and touched so many lives. Yeah, man, I just think about our locker room. You know, Josh McDaniels in Denver uh, drafted him to Denver. And I just think back to, uh, when someone joins the team, you just think back to the battles. Like when he was in Denver, all of the, the great games we had and the small conversations uh, after the game or seeing each other in the offseason, um, just how great of an individual um, he was and what he meant um, to so many people. Uh, it, it was just like you said, it was heartbreaking uh, to hear the news. And, you know, I think um, we always talk about it on the show of just people. I'm doing something right now. <laughs> Buddy, look, look, look at this. Look, look. We got a lot going on you, right you, here. You can't have you can't have yeah. a virtual event that involves Devin McCourty, whether it's yeah. meetings during the pandemic with the New England Patriots or whether it's double coverage with the McCourty twins, where a Devin McCourty kid does not interrupt the show. So it only makes it right. So appreciate you stopping by, little McCourty. Yeah, I handled that. He he's gone now. Can you close the door gently and see you later? Yeah, um, like I was saying, but I, I just think about his impact on the next generation of athletes, of NFL players. Like you'll see his imprint show up in his community uh, and the different people mm -hmm. that pass, his uh, pass along his path in the NFL. So uh, like you said, rest in heaven, uh, DT, man. Yeah, prayers up for him for him and for his family from, for sure, man, tough. Uh, Let's get a little bit into the show. Right now, football after Thanksgiving, football leading up to Christmas. It is playoff time. 
It's kind of being interrupted by COVID, but I've experienced this before where you're getting to the end of the season, the playoff picture's rounding out, and you are a team who is nowhere near the playoff <laughs> picture. You know when you're watching the game, they have the playoff, they have the, the guys that are, the teams that are winning the divisions, they have the wild card teams, and then they have that special category that says in the, in the hunt. hunt. And it's like five or six teams. And I have spent many Many, many of years, to be exact, this is year 13. There's only been three, four, five, six, five years where I've even been in the hunt at this point of the season. Dev, you've only experienced, well, we might have been in a hunt last year at all. Up at, at the end, we weren't in a hunt anymore. We were eliminated. What but we had a little hunt. God? We had a little hunt, but then it, got, it, it, it ended rather quickly. What is the mindset of guys at this point in the season when you're at it a hump, but you still have three, four games left to go? You know, I think that's a great question. And I, I, I just had this conversation today with Matty P, Matt Patricia, where we talked about uh, there's never a point where you've won the big game at the end of the year, the last game that you can possibly play. You will never look back and say, man, I wish I didn't work that hard. Man, I wish I didn't watch all of that film. It just was. You'll never say that. So I would say this stretch of time is where that shows up. People who watch the extra film, people that who do a little extra. a coach's answer. No way. That's no, nobody's mindset other than Matt Patricia. And you did you, that. You, you did that. What are you talking no about? No doubt about it. And guys were checked out at this point in the season. Wasn't nobody. No, you said, I thought you said in the hunt, if you're in the hunt. Oh, no, if you're out of the hunt, you're out of that thing. You're, I don't speak about being no a, playoffs. I don't speak about that. That's only happened to me one time. I don't know. You know, my, don't ask me that question. You answer that question. The heck? I, can re I can remember being late in the season. I'm going to talk about being a loser. I'm not talking about being a well, loser on this show. This is our show. Hey, hey, you, you, you've been fortunate that you've been in one organization. There's a, there's a lot of organizations in this league. When you walk in the front door, you had no chance of winning because it didn't matter what was in the locker room because everything above it was screwed up. You don't know about that lifestyle. I'm happy that you didn't have to experience it. Don't but you watch? What don't you watch? Don't you watch Man in the Arena? That's what I'm a part of. What the guy 12, Tom Brady's talking about. We don't talk. We don't talk about that. How God, are we gonna start the show? I once played with a guy, one of my teammates, one of my close friends. I remember we got to the end of the season. He was discussing his <laughs> off-season basketball team of when the schedule started, already had the flight book. Guys still go out there and you play your butts off and you practice hard. But mentally, as you're dwindling down, man, and the monotony of the season's weighing on you, once when you're eliminated, you can you can start to see. You know, you played against teams late in the season where they didn't have much to play for, and you scored the first touchdown, the second touchdown. Next thing you know, it's the first quarter, it's 14 is it, and you can almost go in the locker room because you know that thing is over. Yeah, I mean it's tough, and we've always talked about that in New England, man. Bring the warm weather guys, bring them up north at the end of the season. If you don't have much to play for, come in. We and we sit there. We're like, man, I hope it's 15 degrees today, because we've been practicing it every day. Uh, we know what it feels like. We and you get off that bus that day, and you're like, whoa, it's cold. That's what we hope for. So, like you said, it's a tough time, but I, I do think. You watch some of these games, you're going to watch teams that have nothing to play for, upset teams who are playing for division titles, 
first place seeds. All because I yeah. do think though the competitive nature of this league is if I'm not gonna make the playoffs, how can I ruin your season? And the Dolphins did it to us in 2019, beating us, sending us to the wild card, and how impactful that was. So I do think there is that element of you know how can I ruin somebody else's season if mine is not gonna end the way that I want? And I think you have to love that about sports in general, not just the NFL. All sports. Everyone has that mindset a little bit. Take us through the process of a positive COVID test. Obviously, we saw this week there's an outbreak. When there's a positive test, and how does that work? Is there's a practice meetings? Everything still go on, or is it player finds out he's positive? What happens next? Yeah, I mean, it's just the player finds out he's positive. Uh, no matter when you test, obviously people know the, the different rules of vaccinated, unvaccinated, all of that. You find out you're positive. We They get that person out of the building as soon as possible. Um, and then, it, I mean, it, it's really a lot on the training staff of them having to go through all of our connects on devices, our tracking devices, I should say, and have to see who's to see close, who's contact, close contact, who's here. Yes, mm-hmm. and then they try to do that and then, you know, start wearing masks if you're in close contact. You get tested. So, you know, I, I would say last year it was, you know, testing every day. And it was like we were on this stuff. And this year, without the testing every day, I think guys have now learned how to live with it. And I think now you fast forward week 14, we're in it. You know, COVID cases, we've had a record number of COVID cases each day this week. It's just been mind-blowing kind of to I would say the professional sports world, but it's not mind blowing. Like COVID is still happening. I said that earlier this week in my press conference. It is happening. It is not an NFL problem. It's not a Miami Dolphins problem, a Patriot, Rams, Cle it's it's everyone's problem in the whole world. So like we can't just think it'll go away. And I'm sure the NFL and NFLPA will negotiate and talk about new protocols and different things. We're at week 15, I guess this is now, when games need to get played and all of that. But we like this is not a surprising thing. We knew different problems were going to arise. And, you know, now we're into the, you know, vaccination world, booster world. So who knows what's next with all of this stuff. But I do, I do think it, it, it's tough on the business of the league. Um, in general, and then guys trying to figure out how we maneuver this, how we get to games, how we do all of that. And it'll be interesting to see how it all works out. But I will say every person needs to just be smart and try to take care of their teammate and their families at home. Yeah, without a doubt. It's, it's, it's a tough situation. I, I, I really don't understand why now, why this week, why has it been so insane? You know, we're we're kind of far enough removed from Thanksgiving we're far enough away from Christmas. I mean, Thanksgiving was the end of November. You know, we're we're already here in the middle of December. I know the incubation period is kind of that seven to ten, maybe stretching it to fourteen days. Uh, maybe we're on the back end of that. It's just odd that for this particular week, it just skyrocketed. I mean, these are higher than last year. And then obviously, you know, we were testing every day last year, so the ability for it to spread. But I will say. Uh, most cases they're reporting guys, players, coaches, staff alike are asymptomatic. So that and is you a know, positive. And, go ahead. And, and you know the new variant is supposed to be more highly contagious but not as severe. So I think yeah. all of that is playing a little bit of a part of why you see such an outbreak. And it'll be interesting. I mean, the positive test it was like get them out. get 
And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting how soon we move away from that. And will there be yeah. no testing? Will there be playing I, with a positive test? Like, I was just about to say that. Before I think, before we see no testing, or maybe in the process of both of them, I do think we're going to start to see a player test positive, but he's asymptomatic and him still be allowed to play in that game moving forward with the thought process that if he's asymptomatic, his ability to spread it. And then the next thing, if that does come into fruition, then where does that lie for the guy that's unvaccinated. If a guy's unvaccinated and he's asymptomatic and he tested positive, is, can he not play for the guy that's vaccinated and asymptomatic can't? So it's just, this thing is like you just said, it's a, a problem that we're all dealing with and it's been insane. And I, I've heard people talk about not testing. There's a lot of people that go to work every day and they don't have the luxury of walking into a trailer and getting a nose swab once a week or twice a week, whatever, as the protocols have. Uh, always been moving and they don't have that luxury to be tested and, and have peace of mind and, and that nature so who knows where we go but I mean you look at the games this week I mean the Browns head coach starting quarterback uh, best receiver on the team there's teams that are losing I mean we watched the Rams play without Jalen Ramsey then Odell Beckham go so it's just guy after guy you know it becomes a serious problem when the biggest names or the guys are being removed from the field uh, but it was something we said, and as the league said way back last year when we first started this thing, it is what it is, and the show will go on. Games are yeah. going to be probably played as scheduled. No matter how big of a name coach player is, those games are going to continue to move on. And a lot of the roster fluctuations, and you've kind of prepared for these situations throughout the season. A, a coach gets COVID, another coach steps up. A player gets COVID, yeah. a practice squad player gets bumped up. So we've kind of prepared and gotten used to the, the just flux of this situation. And I don't think that's going to change moving forward. COVID doesn't look like it's going anywhere and we're going to have to continue to learn how to deal with it. So very, very unique week, especially as the playoff seedings are shaping out. Some of these games can be determined strictly yeah. by COVID. Guys missing yep. their starters out there is going to be a struggle to win those tough, especially division games down the stretch, to be able to make that uh, that playoff push. And for you guys, it's a big game this week. You guys have the Indianapolis Colts, a uh, kind of playoff implications with the Colts sitting right in that wild card in the hunt spot, and you guys obviously uh, still a top at the top of the AFC. Uh, Belichick said he's watching Hard Knocks to study the Colts. Have you turned on Hard Knocks? Are you getting to know guys' personality and them on the field? I have not. That's high level scouting. I, high like, level. High I'm level. I'm not on that. I'm not on that level of scouting. That like whatever is important from from there, Bill will share with us. I'm not on that yeah. level. Uh, I've been on the film though. I'm on the film. I'm watching. All right. All right. I, I believe that you posted a picture earlier this week. You and Baby Chase were on the film. You were getting a little. He knows the game. And, and he watching knows the game. He knows the game. He, he knows, knows the game. game. Hopefully, I think he he enjoyed it out here. Who knows? The kid may become a Dolphins fan. We'll see. Highly we'll doubt see. that. Maybe we'll the see. animal. Maybe the animal likes the animal. Sounds good. Urban Meyer. Well, is Urban uh, Meyer back uh, on the hot? How many times he, can you be on the hot seat? Knocks. How many times can you be on the hot seat in your first year of coaching? I don't. I, like, I don't think he. I don't think he survives it. I mean, you just go down. You go down the line of just things. I mean. Obviously, the debacle of when they lost a Thursday night game, then he throws Trevor Lawrence kind of under the bus and mentions his, his stuff he went through. Uh, then just kind of over the last week and a half, uh, they talk about him in staff meetings, degrading the coach. They talk about a heated exchange he had with Marvin Jones, who is probably one of their leaders on the team and one of probably the most respected players in the locker room. And now Lambeau, the kicker on the team, says that Urban Meyer came up to him and gave him a kick. And stretch lines, a kick. 
13 years in the league, I've never seen a coach kick a player. So who knows? I'm surprised Lambo didn't jump up and put his hands on him, put them jumper cables on him. But it's just, I don't, I don't, I don't see how, and they're not winning. You know, winning solves but, everything. But, but they're not winning. I don't, I don't see him surviving past this season. But I see him surviving for one reason. The Gouda. Khan just gave him a big contract. They talk about how much money Urban Meyer got paid to come to Jacksonville. If you fire him, you have to pay him the buyout clause, and then you still have to go pay another coach. So they will do anything, everything to make him save face publicly, to get the locker room buy back in. If we need to get rid of all you and bring in new guys, we'll nah, buy in. Nah. But we will you, not pay another head coach. I don't see you it. May you may you may want to look up Khan's net worth somewhere on the internet. I, he, he's gonna, he, he's you, gonna how do you think he man. got to that network? Net no, worth. He Black didn't do Monday. it by just saying. I guarantee you, Black Monday, that last Sunday game is played. They're, they're going to relieve Urban Meyer of his duties. And he will be on his way uh, back to college football. They said he ran them boys rugged. And training camp. So the players, there's probably people there. They can't wait to get him out of there. They're never going to say it publicly. But, I mean, he's, I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin is WrestleMania out there. He's kicking the players in stretch lines. We can't have that in the NFL. Just can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. He'll be back. He'll be back. You heard it. You heard it here first. He'll be back. We'll see. Aaron Rodgers says he owns the Bears. Then he goes out there and he just does his thing. He just, just does his thing. You know what I mean? Does he own him at this point? I, uh, what do you say? I mean, this this is in our this is our group chat segment, and we got a guy in our one of our group chats. We got a guy, my man, my man CG Courtney Green, Rutgers legend. He's a he's a Green Bay Packer fan, so he loves this. He loves every bit of it. Does he own the Bears? No, but yes. You know if that makes sense. No, but yes, yes because he won again. And when you say something like that and you back it up, there's nothing else to say. No, because they're the Bears. The Bears. So you can't just say that. It's legacy, the 85 Bear. When you say that, it just makes me think of all sweetness. Like the fridge, you just, I just, I don't like to hear it like that. But currently, I mean, he's A-Rod. He's doing like, it is what it is. But no, he doesn't own the Bears. You know what I mean? <laughs> we can't say that. I don't like let's it. Talk a little, let's talk a little high school sports because... Uh, big news in New Jersey this past week. Uh, anybody that's a New Jersey resident, I'm not sure how they do high school basketball in every state across the country, but basketball in New Jersey, the playoffs, to me, are one of the best because of what they do. It's called the TOC, the Tournament of Champions. Obviously, like a lot of high schools out there, there's a bunch of different, whether you call them districts, divisions, co conferences, whatever you want to call it. Section, the champions sectionals. Yes, and the champions of all of those kind of the subdivisions join up to the, a big tournament in the state of New Jersey. And it's the tournament of all the champions. And you play until there can only be one champion. Well, this week they decided to remove the tournament of champions with the thought process of with those weeks of the tournament of the TOC coming together. If we scratch those weeks, those other teams across the state can continue to play more regular season games. Which is terrible. Boom. If a team becomes champions, why shouldn't we reward them with an opportunity to be able to have one team in the state say, we are the best of every other team? 
the other teams, if they want to continue to play regular season games and play bad on bad, we should just let them play bad on bad. But I thought this was terrible to see this eliminated. And it wasn't even a close vote. Uh, the tournament it just was a big part of New Jersey basketball. And I think probably across other uh, states throughout the nation, there are other states that I hope do something similar to that. Because, Dev, like, you know, when you can compare it to football, there's so many Jersey State champs every year that the championship almost becomes like, Means yeah, nothing. like, yeah, like there's teams that just win the championship every year because the group, their sector, whatever is kind of weak. And obviously in football, you don't have enough time to play that many games to have one champion. But that's why basketball was so special, man. I'm going to miss it. I talked to Chris Mattis uh, about this too, another Jersey uh, legend in lacrosse. And lacrosse <laughs> had the same tournament to have one champion. And he said he used to love it. He said because you would have the private school that was supposed to be the big dog. And he said you would mm. get to this championship game and the public school would win. He said and then some of those public schools walked around with stay public. Stay public, taking a shot at the big dog private schools. And I think the one aspect, I think people hate when they turn on these tournament championship games. And sometimes there is. It's the big private school, parochial school that just pounces the public school. But we forget some of those kids that played on those public school teams that got blown out by 40 points, who played against Bob Hurley's legendary St. Anthony team, they <laughs> loved walking away saying, that Hall of Fame coach Bob Hurley, I played against his team and they beat us by 40. I said it when Bob Hurley came and shot the gun at by our 30, 5K. By 30. He did. He shot the gun. I was like, hey, man, it was so fun playing against you. He remembered me. I was hyped. I was like, Hurley remembers me as a basketball player. This is insane. He's in the Hall of Fame. And we've taken that away from the kids. And it's not like there's going to be a ton of extra games being played. All they did was you still have to go win your sectional and you'll have to do all of that. They took like a week of basketball away. It didn't take long for the TOC. They took a week of lacrosse. Like that stuff would have happened. So now what? Kids get one more week to play two more games. They're not going to remember those two games in their, in their uh, sports history, but they would have remembered getting blown out by 50. That's all I'm saying. Why not have it? Hey, very, very well put, man. This past week, National Signing Day uh, in college football. What was your signing day like? Because I go on social media, I see it's, it's all types of stuff, like video productions of guys declaring what school they're going to. Did you have any, like, did you put the hat on? Like, me? What was, what was your signing day like? Me? I had one offer. What do you mean, signing day? They knew where I was going. What was I, I going to ask somebody else to send me an offer? I only had there two no, offers. No, no flipping. No flipping for you. What, what were your two offers? Rutgers, Rutgers obviously. And, and the University of New Hampshire. Shout out to the University of New Hampshire. In 04, they beat up on Rutgers. And I remember my mom saying, you sure you want to go to Rutgers? New Hampshire offered you, and they just beat Rutgers. And I was like, mm, nah, I still want to go to Rutgers. And it worked out for me in the long run. But my signing day was two, one camera, maybe two cameras came, took a picture, me, you, Mom Dukes, put on a Rutgers hat. I don't even know if Rutgers sent a hat, actually. They might have sent one hat for J-Mac. So. No, yeah, they, I don't, I don't, think, I they sent I don't think we had a hat. We were towards the bottom of the recruiting class for Rutgers. I mean, two stars. It is, it is what it is. I went from no stars to two stars when I signed. You get a complimentary two stars whenever you sign for a Division I uh, team. But uh, it is crazy to see. I mean, 
they've been talking about it. You know, you have to recruit the kids that are in high school. You have to re-recruit your kids not to enter the transfer portal. And I mean, uh, before you, before I let you get a word in here, I'm so done with Dabo down in Clemson. He complained about uh, guys poaching his players and how grown men are manipulating high school kids. He complained about high, uh, college kids getting paid. I mean, the guy complains nonstop as he goes to the bank and cashes in his 90-something million dollar contra contract with the University of Clemson. Like, cut it out. Like, you guys recruit. You do whatever you need to do. You've been at the top of the country for years. Now everybody else is competing. Shout out to NIL, who is now allowing smaller schools to get in here by getting those boosters no to help doubt. out and do different things because the top colleges, they were already getting away with it. So don't <laughs> complain now because it's a little bit more competitive. Well, Dabo's probably not the only one complaining. As number one overall recruit in 2020, Travis Hunter, he did another one of those videos, standing there, put the hat on, throw the hat, look at this hat. Throw that hat, unzip the jacket, throw me this hat. And he decides to take his talents to Jackson State and join Deion Sanders. Join Deion Sanders in the great work that he's doing. How big is this in college football? First time ever. The number one recruit, five star, heading to an HBCU in Jackson State. Yeah, number one, number one corner recruit, number two recruit in the country. All of the recruits, number two. Choose and I, I thought it was interesting. He uh he said Florida State was my dream school since I was a kid. He said, but sometimes you don't get to fulfill your dreams that you thought, and there's another path laid mm. in front of you. Mm -hmm. And he said, This is the path that I'm gonna take. And I thought, man, this kid hit it. He's mature, he made a decision, not because he thought you know this was gonna be right for this person. That, he feels like he's called to do something different, and you can't question a man that is called to do what he feels is his purpose. So shout out this young man who is taking a risk, whatever you want to call it. He's trusting in Dion. He's trusting in HBCUs, making it a big deal. Um, and do you I think have to this, say, do, do you think this will start kind of something new where you see higher higher rated players, five stars, four stars, starting to commit to some of these HBCUs? I think there's a chance. I'm actually going to hit on that later in the show. I, I, I'm going to okay. hit on that later in the show. Yeah, so, I got you. Sounds, sounds Give the good people something to, to look forward to. Sounds good to me. I think it was the right choice for him. Like you said, when you have that type of conviction, you got to roll with it. That's awesome to see uh, from him. When you talk about uh, a man with a plan, with a dream, uh, Steph Curry, all time. All time beating out Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, three-point record, legendary. I thought it was awesome. Del Curry said uh, LeVar Ball once talked about his boys obviously being in the NBA as well and said, like, he, he, he knew it all along. He saw it coming, and now everybody was getting to witness it. And Del Curry said he never would have thought it. Like, never would have thought the success, not only Steph, but Seth Curry both are having in the NBA. But how special was it to watch this moment the other night? Yeah, it was so cool. And, you know, Seth doesn't get enough credit. Seth is a very solid basketball player. It's just his brother is throwing himself in the ring pretty soon to go down as one of the best basketball players to ever play the game. What he's doing this year, 
the mark that he's going to leave on the three-point line when he's done. I mean, he passed he's changed guys the game. Like, he changed he's passed guys like Reggie Miller and Ray Allen and three. Like, these are the goats of the three-point shot, and he's done that. And, like, when you look up, like, the other night, he shot 13 threes. He made seven of them. Like, this guy's on pace to spread this thing so far out that only Clay is going to have a chance to pass him. But Clay would have to take him out. Like, he'd have to do, like, a Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan type of thing. Like, take him out to even have a shot at probably catching him. Um, but it does yeah. go to show, like you said, he's changed the game. And as he's setting this mark and it's going to be out there, I think the crazy thing is guys like Ray Allen and Reggie Miller are going to be so far down on this three-point chart that you won't understand how impactful, it's almost how not great fair. they were. Yeah, you won't it's understand It's almost not it. fair because of how much, how much the game changed. It's very similar when you look at football, like all the passing records that like a guy like Dan Marino had. And now you think about it, Tom has taken over a lot of these in the Drew Brees because the game has changed so much. It's almost not fair for the quarterbacks of back in the day to be compared to the quarterbacks of today because the amount of passing we do, the spread formations, the game is so different. The rules on defense, back in the day, yeah. you could put somebody in a chokehold at the line of scrimmage, and now if you hit a guy too hard, I watched Minka Fitzpatrick the other week hit a guy, it was literally teach tape. It's, it's probably going to be on the NFL tape next year when they go around to different teams on the correct way to hit a guy. But it was a flag because it looked too hard. It gave a little bit of a whiplash look, and it was just like, well, this doesn't. that's what football is. So the game has changed so much in the NBA that it's hard to even keep up. I thought one of the best things, though, Steph Curry wins the record, and they show him uh, kind of in the back end, and he's handing Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala their own Rolex watches. Really, 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 really. Hey, it don't get any better than that. But then you go to social media and Kevin Durant says, Cinderella is with a picture of the amount of assists that teammates have given Steph Curry over the years. Draymond Green at the top 400 and something. Iguodala almost 200. And next in line, number three, was your there was Kevin Durant. You know, you're probably one of the biggest Kevin Durant fans out there with like 150-something, then Clay was next. And I hear him. He's like, hey, man, I want a new Roly too. I want to be able to stunt because I gave you a lot of those assists, too, which is impressive because it wasn't that many seasons that Durant was there and he was getting a rock to uh, Steph, knocking down the three ball. Very special, man. And I think one of the best things about it is kind of the type of superstar that Steph Curry is. He's the, he's the superstar that every parent at home is telling their son, like, yeah, be like Steph. You know, be yeah. like Steph. Ma married a sweetheart and does things the right way. A man of faith. All of those great things. So Un he's changed the game in so many ways. So, he tremendous underdog. No ankles when he first came in the league. Had on the big dog uh, ankle braces and all of that. So uh, it's been it's really cool just as a fan of basketball to watch the impact that he's been able to have. Here we go. Here we go. Do what do you got? Micah Parsons, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, MVP, all in one. Yes, no, or what do you got? This is quick hitters. He's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be the rookie of the year, uh, but that's about it. Defense, so just def okay. Uh what do we got? Raiders dancing on the logo before the Chiefs game. Do that again, or let's stay away from that. It seems as though. Everybody that dances on the logo 
It just ends bad. I mean, we saw last year Tennessee danced on a logo on Baltimore and walk away with the victory. But Baltimore got the last laugh in the playoffs, and they danced their way all the way back to Baltimore from Nashville. They were down on Broadway at the honky-tonk bars after the game. They were still dancing before they headed back to Baltimore. So whatever you do, do not dance on the logo. It does not and well, you can go all the way back to 2005, the Rucker Scarlet Knights. We visit Louisville and we decide to dance on the Cardinal. We proceeded to lose 55 to 5. Whatever you do, stay off the logo. It never ends well. You know, on this show, we like to give the flowers. So let's give our flowers to AJ Green joining a 10,000 club. Super impressive, 10K yards. Uh, shows how great he's been as a receiver since he entered the league. He's had some ups and downs with injuries, but when he is on the field, he is a problem. And there are a problem out there in Arizona. Kyler Murray running around, D-Hop, uh, A.J. Green, like, hops about to be out for the rest of the regular season, though, so they're taking yeah, a hit there. We, we may even see more A.J. Green going forward. I saw that. I saw that. Let's get into the Dan O'Brien keeping it awesome keeping it moment, moment of the week. Uh, you hit on it, but this is the real reason why it is the Dan O'Brien uh, keeping it awesome moment of the week. Travis Hunter goes to Jackson State, like we said. Why is the probably the biggest reason he decided he could go to Jackson State? He has over a million dollars coming in on the NIL. Yes, indeed. I think Barstool Sports, I think there's a gaming uh, uh, company involved in this thing, too. So, Dion, one thing Dion know how to do is market. You still see Dion in commercials with Aflac and all of that. And he's finding ways to get these guys to come in. Because, as we know, when these five-star number one, number two recruits, when they choose those big-time schools, those big-time schools are like, cha-ching! They have money rolling in, but now the mm -hmm. actual player can cha-ching. As Travis Hunter will be rolling in the dough with the NIL. So Travis Hunter, Jackson State don't get to keeping it off. You get it because you got the mills coming in. You just change your family, your family's lives. Not totally. You still gotta go make some more, but you change it a little bit before you even took your first snap of college football. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. And I, that's huge for HBCUs because we're going to start to see more kids start to do this. And even now, like you even said earlier, open up the transfer portals. One of the top rated kids goes to Jackson State. Who else is going to join the party? They're True. seeing what primetime is over there doing. And what better pitch for a guy like primetime? He can relate to these kids. He can look back and say, I know exactly what you're going through. And I know how to get you to where you want to go. And I've already surrounded myself with coaches that have been where you that where you want to go and they can show you how to get there just come to jackson state we have the vehicle and we will drive you there pull up and lay out the red carpet so it is a great move i think we're going to start to see more kids doing this eddie eddie george is higher down in tennessee state hugh jackson is getting a job you're starting to see guys hugh, with hugh big is, names grambling hugh, state they're getting yes ready. 
and then there's there's rumor that Kevin Sumlin from A Texas A and M might be at uh, I think it's Perry View. So like you might have four really big time names in the HBC HBCU college ranks. This thing might blow. I agree with you. It would be it would be awesome awesome uh, to see because I know when we were coming out getting ready to pick a college like that just wasn't a popular thing and as a kid you're trying to just hey like what's what's the best case scenario for me uh, football wise sports wise and academic so to see it being talked about those things I mean it's 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 tremendous hey before we head out of here let's see who won and lost the weekend? Let's start with who won the weekend. Why not start with the winner? We're obviously going with Steph Curry. History. The man said he never wanted to call himself the greatest shooter of all time until he had the record. Well, my friends, Steph Curry, greatest shooter of all time. And I will say, time. I will say this was close because Steph Curry, what a night at Madison Square Garden. Brace the record. Gives Mama Mama Curry a hug, but it almost went to Del Curry. I don't know if you saw the viral picture. Del Curry holding the basketball with three younger women around him. Del Curry looked like, hey, he's the greatest shooter. I'm the greatest shooter's daddy. So Wardell, shout out Del Curry, living it up. Who lost the weekend? None other than friend of the show, the legend, Urban Meyer, uh, with the drop kick. I mean, the, he wasn't going to lose the weekend for the rumors of hot seat. I don't care. But Josh Lambeau said the man kicked him in the stretch lines while he was lunge forward. He said he was stretching, and he said it was a 5 out of 10. He didn't kick me the hardest, but it wasn't a love tap. I don't know, but I, I, I'm just I'm baffled. I mean, he lost. Josh Lambeau lost. He shouldn't let the man. I, a lot went on in Jacksonville. He's only speaking about it. In, I mean, there's a lot going on here, but Jacksonville, my, Urban Meyer lost a weekend. We, we got to get this right. We got to get it right. They will next year, as I told you earlier. But want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Double Coverage with the McCordy Twins with J-Mac and D-Mac. Make sure when you're hitting YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, you hit that little subscribe button and you know you can catch us here each and every week. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at McCordy Twins. Keep up with us. Dev, good luck this week, and we'll see you guys next week.